I'm ready to roll. And welcome back, everyone, to the Away Team Podcast. My name is Phil, a.k.a. Sporting Phil. And this is James Holitz, a.k.a. Jay Holitz, a.k.a. Snotty Dripping, a.k.a. As... Uh, Told today on Twitter, well, I can't use it. I can't use the kind of words here on this, on this show. It wasn't very complimentary. Bleep, 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 bleep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, bleep hole. Bleep hole, asshole. <laughs> not, um, uh, uh, not the nicest of words. So, hey, hey, brother. Uh, before we dive in, how you doing today? Come on, man. I'm right, a little tired, a little coffee here. All day at work, you know what I'm saying? And gym after work. I got the hibernation weight that people pick up in the wintertime. You know, San Diego, the wintertime means it's like 55 degrees, so. I get it right, you know. I'm living in an ice cube. I completely get what you're talking about. I don't understand what that means. What's, what's the temperature there? Uh. Us, us crazy uh, maple drinking Canucks going to Celsius. We're about minus nine Celsius today. That doesn't make any sense to me. Huh? It's like you're speaking a different language. Probably are. I mean, uh, uh, we're the country that made Justin Bieber, right? Um, and I, I, I still haven't forgiven you guys for that. Are you really going to hold that on us for all this? Man, come on. Come on. You guys made Slap Chop. That and Drake... You, 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 <laughs> you, 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 twin terrors on the U.S. <laughs> okay, Fahrenheit. I, I did the work for you. It's fifteen point eight Fahrenheit. Nah, that's horrible. Yeah. That doesn't make you. You live in hell, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Like, like basically, if I want to warm up, I climb into my freezer. That's essentially what winter time is here. I don't. I don't. See, I don't see how people survive there, man. That's like Arctic temperatures. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, but we got no snakes, no spiders, and uh, and we're tough and. Got some beautiful people. I'm telling you, just come up here. Got the best looking people in North America. I've seen your avatar, so no thanks. Okay, I'm not a representation. Okay, let, okay let's just jump into basketball. This is enough of this, uh, uh, like, a date or yeah, no yeah, date yeah. kind enough of, of that, Enough of that friendly kind of stuff. Um, just around the NBA a little bit. Uh, the Lakers announced today that Magic Johnson has been hired on, again, as some kind of special advisor to Gene Buss. Um... If his if his advisor his advising skills or anything like his tweets they're in for a long uh, however many years he's there because it's funny his tweets are just the most basic the Lakers will have to score more points than the other team tonight if they have a chance to win and and that's that's who they hired on what does you think it means for for Laker Nation I think it's just a name because I think right now their best player what is maybe Luel Deng so it's bringing no kind of a claim. oh no. Whatever that like like the whole team's a joke at the end of the day. I mean they're fun to watch, but like they don't have that big enough star. And the Lakers, kind of like the Dallas Cowboys that way. They need to have that big name. And Magic Johnson is the dude. He's lovable. He owns the city, and he came in as a business advisor. He's doing well in his own right in business. And maybe they hope he's gonna rub off, rub onto them. But I don't know that whole bus brother sister situation is just such a mess. And they're years away from being any kind of a real contender that. Maybe he's just brought there as a babysitter to make sure they don't do anything too bad. It's weird because I heard somebody saying today, or I saw, saw some of the article, they were saying his charisma is going to draw on these free agents. This isn't 1989, you know, where you, you can, you know, some little rube, some hick is going to come in and see magic and flip out. I think everyone's so connected technologically that, and uh, so much money involved, and they made it so much better for the home team now to, you know, the new CBA as far as keeping their own guys. Magic out there smiling and, and flashing a handful of rings isn't going to cut it anymore. You know, especially since a lot of these players these days, they respect Magic because they know his name, but no, they're so young they've never seen him play, and he's just more of a, a myth and a legend than somebody that they might actually really look up to, which is not an insult to him. It's just the fact that's how time goes, right? He's, he's an older legend. Um, so it's it's interesting. It's nice to zero-sum thing. I like, the, I like that the Lakers try to keep they keep uh, their legends close. That's awesome. So, but yeah, no big deal. What else we got around the news? Uh, oh, big. There's a trade deal. A big trade. And when I say big, it's because everybody involved is seven foot and, and giant and, and kind of clumsy. Uh, Miles Plumley is going from the Bucks to Charlotte, and Charlotte sending Roy Hibbert and Spencer Hawes to the Milwaukee Bucks. So I'm asking you, my friend. I just got traded. I just got, well, look, yeah, you were talking avatars before. I look at a picture of me and Miles Plumley. I'm telling you, it's way too scary. I think it's, um, I think it's actually good for both teams. I was actually making fun of, uh, 
Charlotte the other day for not having enough interior presence, and I think Miles Plumlee will be a big athletic shot blocker. That'll add some defense there, and I think Hibbert and Hawes will add some some size. Like I think they're a little bit small. I, I think it balances it out kind of well. Um, my only question for Milwaukee is now you have Henson, Monroe, Hibbert, and Hawes. Like I know Hibbert's going to be a free agent. Hawes has I think one more year. Um, I, like I think this is a precursor to another trade. Like. I think Monroe's out the door. Like I, I think they've been showcasing him. They know Middleton's going to come back, so they've been pushing Monroe more and more and more. And I think he's going to get moved. Um, at, like, like ask me to who? I don't know. I mean, Portland seems like an obvious choice, but uh, when you look back in Charlotte, I like how they consolidated a bit. A few more minutes for Cody Zeller. I actually like to trade both. No, I, I don't like that because Monroe's actually been a strong defender he's on a really good contract he's a decent he's a really you know efficient scorer inside i don't know why they really look to move him unless he's maybe he's making back channel things you know back channel talk with the front office about getting moved because right now he's better than any of the two other two well, guys they invested in. in henson and they just uh, did a top 10 pick in thon maker and i know and, and i know he's not ready to win right now and they want to get in the playoffs like, like i totally get it but I don't there's just too many guys henson. there Henson doesn't, he hasn't been that great or, this year either, has he? Or maybe they move Henson. Like, uh, maybe he's the guy and they trade him to a team that needs some shot blocking. I mean, you can't pretend like a team like Cleveland or San Antonio couldn't use another young shot blocker in the front court. That's true. You know who could really use him? Boston Celtics. Um, what else? Oh, yeah. And then this is the big one to me. I didn't even know this until you brought it to my attention. It happened this morning. Wilson Chandler's uh, now is reportedly once out of Denver. My uh, man. He's, he's, yeah, so he's he got two years left on his contract. He's making about you know, 12, 13 mil a year. And uh, he really score. And his frustration is, you know, he, he, his minutes have been yo-yo this season. His his role is in and out because they're so deep in, uh, in in Denver. So I can understand, you know, they're really rebuilding. And they might, as a veteran, he's probably ready to go somewhere and get some steady minutes and be part of something that matters. Where do you think you see the best fit for him? Well, I was actually coming up because where my mind works, it's in trade land all the time, and and I love to make uh, Justin Rowan cry, Cavs Anada. So I was ta- I, uh, so I was actually thinking of something that I thought made a little sense. The Cavs need a ball handler, and the Cavs need a bit of size. I was thinking, you take Murray, Nurkic, and Chandler, and bring Kevin Love to Denver. I mean, that's definitely fair. That's actually probably. And I also saw some today that said that the uh, the Nuggets are quietly shopping Moody too. So yeah, but the thing is, uh, but the thing is, if if they move Murray, like I think they're moving Moody to make room for Murray. But if you move Murray in that deal, um, I, I I think he fits perfectly um, uh, with the Cavs. And then uh, what the Cavs do is they trade an established star for for uh, they roll the dice a bit, but they get, they get Nurkic, a nice guy who can score and young inside. Uh, they get another ball handler, and and they get a 6'8", 220, 3D wing who can play a small ball four, or can play the three while LeBron plays the four. And I was thinking on top of this, like I, I love the depth it adds to, to to Cleveland, the different looks it gives. But on top of that, could Murray not be a weird version of C.J. McCollum to Lillard, like for Kyrie? Uh, no, because he's just too small. But, um, I mean, and no also because LeBron James in town. So, he'll never be like that for me. But, I mean, he'd be great. But I, I, that's why I think it'd probably be the other way. It wouldn't be him. It'd be it'd be our guy, maybe Moody. Because I think they're higher with John Murray than they are. Always, it's about shooting, man. It's about shooting. So, um, I yeah, so, I'm trying to think what team really could use. A team like Charlotte could really use uh, Wilson Chandler scoring. You're going to put Charlotte yeah, next to Kid... Uh, well, I've been wondering if they're ready to move on from Kid, Kid Gilchrist. He's good. He's really good. Uh, I think on a team with a lot of shooting and scoring elsewhere, he'd be a perfect fit. I think Charlotte's not not that team. I think... I was also thinking maybe potential get Kid Gilchrist for somehow to get mellow into Charlotte. Because they, they do. They need a central as... as I know that uh, our boy... Uh, what's the little guy's name? Uh... Sorry, Charlotte fans. Your point guard. What's his name? Kemba Walker. Yeah, Kemba. I know Kemba's incredible. He's awesome. They just, I think they just need more. You know, they just need play Melo at the four. Batum. That makes sense. 
Yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. You play Mel at the four, you know, and, and I mean that's twenty to twenty five every night right there. It's it's it, and at his advanced age, you got good defense around him, which we know he needs. So yeah, I don't know. Best and of course my dream trade trade for Wilson Chandler. I shouldn't drink all this coffee before the show. My dream trade is uh, him going to OKC for somebody. I want to see Russ get some help. Ooh, Russ is, Russ he'd is be a, such a good man. guy. Like between Russ, Adams, and him, and if you didn't have to give up uh, Cantor, that'd be huge. Maybe you do, but I'd say yeah, give up Cantor. I don't think Denver wants Cantor. Right, they already got enough big. Well, so. it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Oh, oh, with Nurkic, right? Yeah. So you have to work. Or unless you talk about packaging, packaging Wilson with Nurkic. But, you know, either way, I'd say uh, some combination of Roberson, Payne could be, go be a backup. Um, I don't know. they got a lot of loose ends maybe that could make, make them work. I just think it's crazy that the possibility of Chandler and Ibaka being on the free uh, – sorry, being on the trade block this close to, you know, the trade deadline. Like, that could really change the wins for a lot of teams. Like, like, for sure. Like, like yeah. imagine a team like Boston got Ibaka or, or a team like uh, – like like San Antonio got either one of them, you know, like like that's like like San Antonio with Wilson Chandler is weirdly competitive. No, oh, it's amazing. Yeah, he, he fits anywhere. Him and Baca, two guys that kind of fit anywhere. Um, and last but not least, a couple of announcements for rookies of the month. Big surprise, Joel Embiid. And in the West, my man, I've been touting all all, all summer and even now this year. Pulling for the guy, Marquise Chris. Right Sacramento Kings fans are crying right now. So Embiid only played nine games in January, uh, you know, because he's, he's resting and I think he had the, the bone bruise on his knee, so he's been sitting a little bit, probably more than he normally was. Still averaged 23 points a game, nine rebounds a game, almost three assists, almost three blocks, 47%. His three balls falling off, but who cares? The fact that he could still stretch the floor and he showed against Houston in big moments, so he hit the big ones. And all he did all this in 26 minutes a game. Like, it, the, once they unleash him and, and take him out of the box next year, and you know, throw him out to 30, 35 minutes a night, it's going to be scary. I love that kid. Man. Rookie of the year, been calling it all year. Um, at the other end of the spectrum, Marquise Chris's numbers don't really pop out. Uh, eight points, almost four rebounds. Uh, you know, not even a block, steal and a half. But just the fact. The kid's so long and active. He's flying around the court. It's exactly that. He's just everywhere, right? He's everywhere, man. And let's see. Um, they played, he played 14 games. Phoenix went 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. And they went 5 and 14. It doesn't matter, right? It's rebuilding season for Phoenix. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I love Marcus Chris. I wanted him in Boston. I didn't want him at the 3 pick, but I thought they would trade back and get him. Uh, uh, but, hey, man. So that, I wanna... Yeah, I would say that's it. that's it for the news and notes. This is one of our special Twitter mailbag editions. So we asked people on Twitter, hey, we need we need topics for a show. What y'all got? Let's talk some basketball. And we got a whole bevy of questions from all over. So kick it off for us, bro. All right. So we got from at Trey P-O-V. So he's writing to us, uh, did Chuck. So this is uh, Charles Barkley. Just say what we've all been saying for the last few years or what they've been too scared to say. And also, uh, Jason at snap underscore shooters, uh, kind of saying the same thing, saying, is Chuck really a hater of LBJ, or is he just critical? Now, so this is all stemming from Charles Barkley kind of not exactly approving of LeBron James's public criticism of his teammates, saying how there's only a handful of them that are quote-unquote important, and the rest. Um, I don't know. Uh, uh, you want to go first on this one? Because I'm a mixed bag. Okay, so I don't know where he's getting this thing about saying what, you know, what we're all scared to say or whatever. Because people have been killing LeBron for years, uh, publicly, privately. Skip Bayless. People write, you know, they write. Anytime he does anything good or bad, they they critique him and write about how you know he's been he's been micro critiques since he was a rookie. So I don't get what this this whole thing about scared to say. You know, people have quote unquote disrespected the legend of LeBron for a long time. Um, so no, Chuck didn't say what we've all been scared to say. And this is what I guess is almost like gaslighting. Chuck has had he had valid points, but it's not so much what you say, it's how you say it. So like when he talked he was discussing LeBron moving to Miami before. He he called it a punk move. We talk about LeBron now. LeBron is 30 years old, a grown man, and he says he's being whiny. 
he's 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 belittling him. He's you know he's using terms to almost uh, treat him like a child. You know, and, is he complaining? And then sure LeBron came, uh, came hard at him, right, with a lot of that history and stuff. So it like it it definitely got under LeBron's skin, right? Like it's not like he just was able to brush those comments off. And I love it. Um, I love it because first of all, this is the entertainment league. Right, we we watch basketball because it's fun. We we have, I think a lot of us follow basketball. We enjoy the subplots and the side stories. I mean, it's part of the game, and I, that's why I watch it. At least I can speak for myself. I love it. Um, so it, to, the way LeBron came back, it's, it's not only entertaining, but I mean, it's it makes it feels good for all of us because I think everyone at some point in their life has maybe kept their mouth shut and had things we wanted to say to someone, maybe somebody in authority or somebody that we um, respected. But and they came at us in a way that we didn't like. So I think everyone had that feeling, and LeBron got retribution for all of us, you know. And it's not he didn't say anything. He didn't lie. He didn't. I don't think he had any really low blows. I I like the fact that, I mean, he's like you know, basically he was saying, why are you coming at me? I've never did anything wrong. You on the other hand have done this, 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 this. Like you're being hypocritical. So I I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. So no no um my man at Trey POV. I don't think Chuck's saying what we all want to say. I think Chuck's doing that thing where he's walking that line where he's, oh, what did I say wrong? But he knows, you know how you can word things in ways, right? It's one thing to say. I don't know if he does know that, though. I don't know. No, he does. Everybody I, I've knows. watched him for years. He doesn't seem like the guy who, who's a who's a born wordsmith. Like, like he's also the guy who said that Clay Thompson was the third best player in the NBA, right? So I'm not sure, right. like, how, like, like he's there for entertainment on TNT. But uh, 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 for Snapshooter's point, is is Chuck really being a hater or just being, like, critical and, and we'll say with an intelligent voice? No, it's not an intelligent voice. But, so I think it's both. Because he had valid points, right? But at the same time, I mean, Barkley forced his way out of Philly because he wanted more help. You know what I'm saying? Then he forced his way to go to the Rockets because he wanted to go try to win a championship. So he's, he's being hypocritical. Barkley, you didn't want to compete? You don't want to stay in Phoenix and compete? You made yourself. You had to go sign up with with uh, Clyde Drexler and. and oh, you King remember that? And 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 uh, Scotty Pippen, right? He's he part of that and big four. Pippen, and, right. and and let's even pull it back. He left Philly, right? And, and, and when he when he left Philly, I think uh, I was reading today he called the GM uh, something like a clown who just wants to be a caddy for the that owner. That was his so he, Miami he could, move, right? He well, he's criticizing the ownership too. So you can't yell at you know talk. Down on LeBron for criticizing ownership and you know, doing the same damn public. thing, but at least LeBron's bringing home rings. Yeah, so so uh, yeah, so both you guys, thanks for the questions, but you know that's my man at Trey POV and at Snap underscore Shooters. Yeah, um, he's not hating, and I, I think he no matter what he tries to say now, he oh I wasn't being personal. You are being personal. You don't call a grown man whiny. You don't call a grown man you know, say anything about punk move, uh, and I don't get. Every player wants to have the best team possible. You can say what you want. No team, no what, no player wants to hamper themselves on purpose just so they can compete. No, don't sign that guy. Don't sign that guy. That'll make us too good. I just uh, want, check I want every to player good. in the Warriors. Check every player in the Knicks. Check every player in the Clippers. Every team that matters outside of, I don't know, maybe San Antonio. So, yeah. Um, next question. We're doing my man at, at S. Mosley, 21. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yep. Uh, he wants to know who is the most unicorny unicorn between, between Zinger and and Miles, and by Miles, he's, and by the way, he spelled it, it's Miles Turner. And this is a really good question. Um, I think when we discuss, I'll let you take it first. I ran my mouth last time. It's your turn. All right. Uh, well, just because how he phrased it, the most unicorny unicorn. So, obviously, a unicorn is something that you know doesn't really exist, or if there, or if it does, it's so incredibly unique and preposterous that way. Like, I think there are more comps to Miles Turner. Um, I mean, I, I actually think I like Miles Turner better as a player. But the question isn't that. It's who's the more unicorny player. And I, so, hey, but hey, before you start, I want you to listen to this because what you just said made me look this up, right, about how there's more comps. Okay, per 36 minutes, this is what we got for Porzingis. Mm-hmm. 19 points, 8.6 rebounds, 1.6 assists, 2.3 blocks. Um, he's shooting 35% from three, 43% from the field. Miles Turner, per 36 minutes, 17.5 points, uh, 8.7 rebounds, 1.1 assists, 2.5 blocks, shooting 37% from three. Their numbers are eerily similar. 
per 36 mm. meters. Now, they're, the actual stats, Miles Turner plays four less minutes. He's averaging, like, three less points. He's averaging 12.7. Porzingis averaging 15.9. But, you know, when, when you adjust for the, the minutes, it's about the same kind of production. Um, that's, like, I didn't think it was this close. And I'm pretty sure you might not have thought it was this close either. Right. So it's like looking at them production-wise and, and Miles Turner playing, he's doing his for a team that's actually in the playoff right now. You know what I'm saying? He's the second-best player on that team. Sure, Paul George is awesome, but Melo's supposed to be awesome too. And, you know, they're, they're struggling mightily. So um, so there. now that you have that as framework, go ahead. Listen. I'm still going to say just because of the height and maybe athleticism, it's just like the most unicorny guy is Przingis just because I feel like you don't see him as much. Uh, like, I get what you're saying in terms of those numbers, but I feel like could you comp Miles Turner a little bit more to a, I don't know, a kind of Rashid kind of uh, KG kind of guy as opposed to a Przingis, like, I don't know. I'm going to say Przingis, but... I get how you can go both ways. Right. I just, I'm surprised that it's still close. And again, yeah, because of the height, I guess. He's, what, 7'3? Yeah. And I think he's a little, got a little quicker trigger with the three. He's got um, a really, I mean, really quick release, this guy. Miles Turner, man. He's, he's almost as, he's about as mobile. He gets up and down the floor, like, super fast. He's a better um, shot blocker. Probably a better, he's a better shot blocker. Uh, so it's, I, it's, I think it's funny how, Perception frames a lot of discussion and, and arguments. He was a later pick, right? I think it's what, like the number 12 pick, mm-hmm. or whatever. So he was a later pick, and he just died in the discussion ever when we talk about these. He was only a later pick. Uh, do, you, do you remember the reason, as silly as it was? They said because the way he ran. Yeah, his knees were like two together, and then he fixed how he ran, and people were like, oh, he's amazing now. And then he was playing for like select team and killing it, and then came into the season like with a ton. On the ton of hype, like like he's one of my favorite bigs. Like like, like him and Jokic, like I feel don't get spoken about nearly enough compared to the guys like Zinger and Cat. Yeah, so it's it's the fact that it's it's even a discussion is pretty amazing. I'm done with you. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Porzingis too. Uh, I something to, and again maybe it's just live perception again because even if I'm looking at stuff like their offensive rating. Miles has a it's not that many guys were seven three and running around. Right, so uh, he's seven three, and it's really tough. I think his handles his handles better yeah. too. That's where I, the, the edge I'm going to give it to him because he has he actually has a little better handle, and I think if you uh, you could probably build an offense around him as far as you can he can just get you a bucket individually a little better than, than Miles yeah. could. But it's it's a good conversation. Yeah, man. No, uh, that was a really good good one, S. Mosley. Um, and then we got at Francis. I do Jr. or Junior. France, I do Junior, saying, uh, "Do you think Isaiah Thomas, perfectly uh, crafted for Mr. Hollis here, has built uh, too much goodwill with Boston fans for Ainge to cut ties with him?" All right. So uh, this Francis is my guy. We've been mutual followers of for a long time. I think he's certifiably insane. Because every now and then he'll come up with something like, I don't know, what is, what's the last one he said? Something about, I don't know, like Clyde Drexler couldn't play in the NBA or something. He'll just come up with something out of the blue. He's a smart guy. And, you know, he's based his, his most of his arguments on advanced stats and numbers. But somehow I want to just I want to just mute him forever. Cause he's, nah. Um, but <laughs> this is an interesting point. And I think if you guys, you, you, I know you remember this. At the beginning of the season, I was, I liked Isaiah, but I was like, hey, we got to move Isaiah to get a real point guard in, uh, a real star in here. I'm well, there was so much that Russell yeah. Westbrook talk at that point, right? Because he hadn't signed back and KD left. And then there was a lot of, like, he makes too much sense. Bring him, Al Horford. Well, and even before that, it's, I mean, after that, like, beginning of the season, I think uh, he missed a couple games and Marcus Smart was playing well and Terry Rozier was playing well. And they won a couple games. It was all right. But I was just thinking at the time, you know, 5'8", um, got to pay him in two summers. Hey, if we can move him and bring in someone else and just let Smart and Rozier hold the point guard position because they actually play defense, be better. Marcus, uh, Isaiah Thomas, since then, has been a literal flamethrower. Yes, flames literally shoot out of his hands. But, no, nah, so he's been so good. And he's I've completely changed my point of view on him. 
because five eight or not, if you're scoring, uh, I think January he's, he led the league in scoring with like almost 32 points a game uh, on insane efficiency. Now, is this going to maintain? Probably not. But if I tell you, you have a player who's going to give your team 25 and eight every game, and he's only 27, 28 years old, you pay that man. It doesn't matter if he's five eight because he can't be stopped regardless. He's uh he's, he's sneakily athletic. He can get a shot off on anybody, and he shoots three well. He's not Steph, but somebody showed, there was a graphic that showed how close the numbers were to Steph's insane MVP season as far as true shooting percentage, all that. So, sure, he doesn't play defense, but every team needs someone to score the buckets. He needs, he needs to score buckets, and he scores buckets. So, um, I, I, I do think the fan base has really embraced him. I mean, he's not getting MVP talk even though he should. Uh, he's going to be an all-star for the second year. Right now, as a Celtic, he has the second highest uh, uh, scoring average ever behind only Larry Bird. You know, so it's, what are you going to do? You can't just keep, oh, he's, he's only 5'8". Sometimes I think teams spend so much time looking for the next, they ignore the first, or the, the, what they have right there. Now, the only question, I guess, is in this draft, it's all about point guards. Right, and you know we got full. Uh, was it Fultz? They got Brooklyn's big ball. Yeah, ball. These point guards are supposed to be, you know, game changing. But I don't think people remember. And I remember this. Some people said the same thing about D'Angelo Russell. He's going to be really good, but it's taking him a while. It's always the potential of these. Of the potential of picks is insane, and people kind of run with it as they should, I guess, because that's part of the fun of the draft. If this team wants to win now, you don't say, hey, we're drafting another point guard, we're moving Isaiah. That's just not what you do. Uh, and those guys don't, I think these, these rookie guys are going to be awesome. I just, they're not, as far as you got Al Horford tied up for another two, three years. That's that's not, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do, right? And I, w- I wouldn't be mad either way, but Isaiah's been awesome. I, I do think. He's built up with so much goodwill, it would take a, a real godfather kind of deal. You know, like somebody like, again, Jimmy Butler. I get it. He's amazing. I, I wouldn't be mad at that. But other than getting like a legit kind of top 10, 15 guy in, you don't move because he's playing like a top 10 guy. Yeah, no kidding. All right. We got the uh, two-minute warning here about to uh, uh, burn down. Uh, my last thought on that one was uh, you can come back at this. I would view it as everything you just said is do you not potentially look at that as this is why you trade high on them. Again, unless you're getting back one of those, like, what do you, what do you, so give me a quick, I know we're, we're, we're getting down to the nitty gritty. Give me a quick trade. Like, what are you saying? Like, unless you're getting the Jimmy Butler. Um, what if you give up one of those, um, uh, one of the Brooklyn picks for next year, Jalen Brown and Isaiah, um, ironically as this trade would, as ironic as this trade would be, but for Boogie Cousins. I think you're robbing Peter to pay Paul uh, in that case because you're losing 25 points a game. To get 25, 26 points a game, and sure, Isaiah is dominant. But you um, still keep Isaiah. this so, year's draft, so you can draft Fultz or whatever, and maybe rearrange again, that. That's be, be still Rozier, and he's still smart, right? So you can still kind of. I mean, I wouldn't complain about that. That sounds great. At the same time, Boston is a unique place. The fans love their players. Isaiah has been embraced. He's been, and that, that's the thing, right? Yeah, he's, he's been, the local he's been here. I get that. So yeah, much. yeah. Yeah. So I. He fits Boston. It's working good. class. He's he's that blue collar type of guy. He comes in. He he went through all that. You know, he put up twenty in Sacramento. They didn't believe in him because of his height. Came here. Everyone's just dogging him. You know, he didn't even start in the All Star game, even though he, even though he should have or, or or really close to. And then even then, he just since all that happened, he's just been on a tear. So how he's reacted to every bit of adversity or every bit of people not believing in him, he's just gotten better and better and better and better. The only thing I'll say is that if. If uh, any team that trades for him, they're getting like a 30-point game score because that chip on his shoulder would be that much bigger if we if Boston ever trades him. So. He'd be a monster. All right, well, we got to go back into the locker room. Uh, it's the uh, end of the first half. We'll be back in the second half with more points, more fan questions, and plenty more on the Away Team Podcast. Phil and James. What you mean you ain't never heard about the Away Team? What you mean you ain't never heard about the Away Team? The away team, and the away team, those guys, that's the away team. And welcome back to the away team, second half, ready to kick off. Um, me, that's Jay Hizzy, that's James Hollis, and my man, 
What is up? What is up? They're, they're French from the north. Because Guelo is a French name. It, it, it. Um, <laughs> first half, we're taking questions from our listeners. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the question. We appreciate it too. Um, and oh, before we start, Phil, let me let me interject because I just want to give shout outs real quick, man. We I think sometimes I get I see really negative on the show. I can feel it. Brings my spirit down. I'm going to give a couple shout-outs. Steph Curry took a lot of heat earlier this season. He hasn't been himself. Everyone's been talking about it. KD's the best player on the team. I still think KD's the best player. Steph Curry's last seven games, he's averaging 29.4 points a game, seven assists, five rebounds. He's shooting 53% from three on almost 12 threes a game his last seven games. You the real MVP. They have gone 6-1 and one with the only loss coming to the man 50 grand, Deion Waiters. Steph Curry stepping back up and kind of establishing himself and telling, telling the rest of the league, triple doubles are nice, and, you know, new point guards, welcome to the club. I'm still the man at the point. Speaking of point guards, Eric Bledsoe, knees have been his, 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 his uh, like his garlic for... It's Achilles heel. His garlic, his, well, I was trying to come up with a clever thing to say about it, but you ruined it. Knees have been his Achilles heel, even though they're the two different body parts. Uh, but he, he's coming on strong. He's having, he's playing the way people thought he could always play. His nickname is Me and LeBron for a reason. And in his last ten games, he's averaging twenty-seven point five points, five rebounds, eight assists, a steal, shooting thirty-seven percent from three. Uh, the wins aren't really coming for Phoenix, but he's playing like a super. He's playing like a superstar right now. And who knows? It, it's not. I'm not saying he's trying out for other teams, but any team in need for you know some real pop, got assets you want to give up. I'm pretty sure Phoenix will listen. But Eric Bledsoe is playing a lot like his brethren, uh, John Wall, right now. Speaking of John Wall, last ten games, he's been. I mean, Wizards have been the hottest team in the league, you know, arguably for the last month. In their last ten games, they're nine and one. He's averaging a, a scintillating 22.5 points a game. You know, 22, almost 22 and 11 with five rebounds. And he's hitting 37% of his threes. I mean, let's just gotta give a shout out to these players. And these well. Kentucky guards learning to hit the three, man, out of nowhere. I, I had a whole laundry list, but I'm gonna stop with the last one, my man, Deion Waiters. Deion Waiters bounced around from team to team. LeBron came to town, they kicked him out. Kevin Durant left, he thought he had a chance in OKC. They, took the, they pulled his offer. He had to take a really tiny contract with Miami, and this is basically his tryout year to show the rest of the way he can do. He came back from an injury, and he's been he's been aces ever since he got back. He got his rhythm back. So his last nine games, he's averaging almost 22 points a game. He's almost averaging, look, he's averaging almost 22 five and five his last ten games. 21.6, 4.7, 4.6. He's shooting 49 percent from three, and including a couple big fourth quarters to win games like the, the win over Miami and the win over Brooklyn. I mean. They killed. They killed Atlanta, and you know he put up twenty. He put up twenty-five. Got that clutch gene, seven. man. It's funny because we all made fun of Deion Waiters for years because he wanted to shoot the ball and he thought he was so good. He's getting the last lap. So shout out to Deion Waiters, John Wall, Eric Bledsoe, and Steph Curry. They really uh, step. They're stepping up, and that's my that's my one bit of positive positivity. <laughs> nice man. Uh, well. We, uh, we can kind of take that point and actually parlay it into one of our next questions I was brought up. Actually, um, it was by at J.L. Spreel. That's S-P-R-U-I-L-L. Sorry for mispronouncing that one. Uh, basically saying, what's the best way for Phoenix to continue building their core? Slash and burn or trust the process? I thought this was kind of an interesting one because you have some, some older players in that team. P.J. Tucker, Tyson Chandler. Um, and you got some, uh, some vets, Brandon Knight, and I mean, um, uh, I mean, as much as we love me, like he's not a 19 year old Bledsoe, so he kind of fits that middle ground. And then you have a whole bunch of kids, Len, Chris, Bender, Booker, um, uh, who am I forgetting? The, their small forward there, uh, the six, eight dude, who? uh, PJ uh, Warren, DJ Warren. Oh, yeah, Warren. so um, they can kind of go both ways. And I know teams that contend usually have a nice balance. Now, maybe I'll start this out just by throwing one rumor I heard today that um, Minnesota wanted some veteran help and 
potentially are talking uh, Shabazz Muhammad for P.J. Tucker. Bring P.J. Tucker over to Tibbs. Uh, he, he's exactly his kind of guy. And I kind of like the idea of having Shabazz Muhammad in, 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 in the Sunsville. But to me, when you do that, you're really going uh, the youth direction. And you continue with that. So here's the problem with P.J. Tucker. Uh, Peter Tucker for Shabazz and having Shabazz in. I like Shabazz, by the way. I'm, I'm pretty high on that I, guy. I like him, too. So here's the problem with that, though. You already got Brandon Knight. And unless you that you can't have two black holes of that caliber on the same team because Shabazz is not passing that thing. He is putting that thing up. He doesn't really defend. He used to be a strong rebounder. He's not really anymore. He just comes in and he looks to score. And that's really not going to do. That's not what they really need. Uh, I don't like that deal for for Phoenix, uh, I, I they love it for my, for Minnesota, but not for Phoenix. Um, I so I'm sorry. Go ahead, finish your thought. I was just, that was just me waning on. Yeah, no, I, I actually it's funny because I'm actually a really big fan of his, and I thought like under this right coaching or situation, like he may be able to, you know, to, uh, turn his game a little different. So I think he has the base talent to make it work, but. I'm looking at Phoenix, and I really like their young core. I mean, Chris, as we talked, we spoke about in the first half, winning uh, Rookie of the Month. It's really coming on. Ben, uh, Bender is obviously taking a bit longer. Booker is looking like a, like a superstar in the weight in the making. Um, and then we talk about guys like Bledsoe. Like, how old's Bledsoe? Like 28 at this point. Uh, 27, 28. So, uh, uh, so he's kind of in that weird mode, right, where he kind of wants to be winning pretty soon, if not now. And waiting for a guy who's 20, maybe if there's one of them, but you have a bunch. So it's like if you want to contend now, you you got to bring some front court help. Like you're gonna have to trade some of these young guys to bring a legit front court vet in. Because, and I I don't know if I would do that enough to sell the farm. Like, so I mean, so why? Like, what's the what's the point about bringing in legit legit? You know, the legit well, because well, if you don't, then it's just going to be Bledsoe and a whole bunch of guys who aren't ready yet. And then Bledsoe, is, like the rest of the guys, are going to be ready to help him out by the time Bledsoe's on the wrong side of 30. And, I, like, as as well as Bledsoe's playing now, I, I just don't want to see that wasted on a team that's not going to be going into the playoffs with him. Like, I'm with you on that, and that's my thing on Bledsoe, too. Now, this is the the counter to that is I thought the same thing coming into the season like oh Bledsoe might start making trouble he might start making noise because they're not winning he um he actually like was leading all the the, the, the young guys in voluntary workouts this summer he's been doing all this kind of community relations stuff he seemed to really embrace being the face of the franchise and uh, with him and a guy like Booker I mean it could turn around a lot faster than we think you know Booker's amazing Chris is going to be amazing and uh, right now the only problem is like they're playing Bender out of position. They got playing at three a lot, and it's, that's just that's not really. Never way is going to play it. But um, I'm not. Sh- I'm just not I, sure that I that like- front court is going to be there. To like, I'm with you with Booker. I think he's going to play past his age. I think Warren's playing nice already. Tucker's there. It's just that like, like like Chandler has some nice games, but as much as I was high on Len, like he's looking a little dicey. I mean, unless like you can just rip a team like like. Sacramento for uh, for Boogie just by throwing like Len Bender and Warren at him and be like just give us him like I don't know I just don't see it being enough to make a difference like there's too much talent like teams like Minnesota and such are gonna jump over you pretty soon I guess but like if they're nowhere close right now and Golden State's still like wrecking shop what's the rush you know what I'm saying like what who cares what they do this year or even next year because we know Golden State's run the roll in the roost. They're not going to like leapfrog San Antonio in the next two years. So there's absolutely there's no. Oh, I agree with you, man. I agree with you, but that's why I would go the other way. I wouldn't just sit. I, I would be basically saying like most of these guys over 26. I, I, I'd be looking to move them. But see, see, this is my problem with what you're saying because you know what the argument was in Philly the last couple of years? Oh, they don't have any veterans to teach these guys. They have no one to to, to guide these guys. So why but you can it, keep guys like, like Tyson Chandler, like like who I'm talking. You don't just keep one. But why, why just keep one? What do you? What else do you have to do? Why? I mean, do you go out and just trade for like just young guys just because they're young? You know what I'm saying? It's like I get what you're saying. You're saying just clear the decks, but they don't have to. They already got their guys. They got Booker. They got Bender. They got uh, Chris. 
So it's like you got three guys who are you know are slated to develop really. TJ Warren's still young. You got these guys already. That's fine. You don't need to go out and get more youth and then just like lose a lot more and then what? Now you're in the draft and drafting more young guys. You kind of got your, your three or four. Cool and you're guys. probably uh, uh, picking up another nice piece in the draft this year. To be fair. And yeah, you're going to. You can get a first round pick, right? So I mean, I get what you're saying. It's just like it's not just you. It's just the fact that the big the big problem in Phoenix and Philly was they're not they don't have any vets. They're not even trying. And now they have a couple of vets, and you're like, oh, get rid of all those guys too. So it's which, which way? Which way? Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. It's just, I just really want to see Bledsoe on a winning team, man. And I just look at this squad and I'm like, you can still have enough vets left over. Like if you keep your, your Chandlers, your Brandon Knights, your PJ Tuckers, you, you can still have enough vets, and so these kids grow. You're right. I mean, I wouldn't be mad if they traded Bledsoe because uh, he's he's like you say he's incredible, but. If you trade him, now you got, like, who are you going to trade him for? You need a point guard. You, still need, you need a point, point guard, guard and maybe a legit center. Like, if you went to, oh, this would be interesting. Would you do, like, uh, I don't know how you put this together, like Jalil Okafor and their first-round pick? No. No. All right, all right. Nope. Because, I mean, why, it's like, yeah, not Jalil. Not Jalil. He just doesn't fit. They they got these young athletes like to get up and down the floor. Why would you bring in a, a okay? So you'd rather like a guy man. like Nerlens Noel then? Nerlens would be perfect. So like Nerlens Noel in their first round pick because they, they're going to stink it up this year, and then you get Bledsoe at twenty seven. Like I know he's a bit older, and it's kind of like the same argument in a weird way. You get Bledsoe with Simmons, who I think actually really matches well. But see, <laughs> Simmons is going to be the primary ball handler, and this is still another rebuilding team. Which what what are you all doing right, all here? Right. Uh, not. Not as good. I'm just asking. No, no, no. I'm not trying to yell at people. No, no. Uh, you're being correct with this one. Um, uh, let me tell you. Real quick, all right, before we before we move on, or before, let's think real quick. What team would be the best fit for Bledsoe? I would love him with the Pacers, personally. If you could Ooh, somehow put him on that team. Strong. That'd be really yep. strong. I say if they can somehow get him. And not give up Paul George Houston, or Turner? It, it, listen, if they can somehow get him in Houston. Instead of Pat Beverly, insane. I don't think you need to do that. I think that's a little bit like like Riches and I like Beverly on that team. Um, this so let me ask you this: Everyone keeps saying, and it's true, they need another star in Houston. They need more than they have right now, right? Do you or do do you, or do you think as Beverly I like their team as is? I like it too, but again, we've seen this time and time again. What's the rule about the playoffs? You. I don't Most know if I want that other star being star. in the backcourt with Harden, though. Like, I think I like their backcourt situation. But they can't have it in the frontcourt either because they tried that with, with with Dwight Howard and he didn't get the ball. So I was like, what do you yeah, really I don't know do there? Perfect you know situation there. I don't know, man. Like, like, like the Hawks or the Pacers to me, if I'm looking up and down, are seem like the two most logical ones because they're ready right now and they could leg- both could use a point guard. Like, it sucks to say because they. Because they got rid of Teague, but if the Hawks really want to maximize on their older core right now, bringing a guy like Bledsoe put next to Millsap and and Howard kind of makes some sense. And the only problem with that is I think they're gonna I think they're gonna let Millsap walk in the trade. Yeah, and then and then the Pacers like if you have I don't know if you have enough to make it happen. That's that's the biggest problem, but. If if you can just flip those around, nah, you probably don't because they're not gonna take Teague for the same. I forgot the same age. That doesn't make any sense. Right. Yeah, so you're in the same place right there. You know what I mean? So it's tough, man. I love Bledsoe. And um, how about the Knicks? Oh, man. I hate yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they're ready to contend. <laughs> see, see, a really weird... Uh, I, was, I, was being, I was being facetious. A, a, a really weird dark horse one would be the Pelicans. but Because I'd like him and Anthony Davis. I think they would be dirty. But... I don't know how much of an upgrade he is over over Drew. Drew's pretty, yeah, I like Drew, too. He's an upgrade. I don't know if it's Yeah, I'm a big Drew Holiday fan. Drew. Okay, we're in agreement, man. All right, well, uh, 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 so hopefully uh, J.L. Uh, Spruill, uh, we did you justice on that one. Uh, uh, what's our next one? That was a little OKC one. Or She's 4. Uh, what's the going on here? So this is at She's for OKC. She wants to know what are your thoughts on Mario Chalmers joining the Cavs as backup PG, and that kind of links into um, we didn't really touch on it too much, but they said the you know the quote unquote mega free agent trial that the Cavs had 
Uh, they actually said Jordan Farmar was the, the, you know, he came out as the front runner. I was so hoping it was going to be Lance Stevenson. You know how many great memes would have come from that? Like his blowing in LeBron's ear and being on the same team? Oh, God. Um, I actually like Lance, but we know, he, I think he's too much of a loose cannon. Even though it seems like LeBron's kind of the, the loose cannon whisperer. It would be know, a big talent ad, though. Like, like, like that's your highest ceiling pick. Uh, is he? Is he? You keep saying that, but he's already went to Charlotte. He went to the Clippers. He had a little chance with uh, New Orleans before he got hurt. But did he go to? Did he go to Memphis? Yes, sir. He, he was in Memphis. And yeah, if we, you're not going to straighten it around say, with Doc Rivers and Chris Paul, you're not probably not going to. We just keep. I get it. He's one of the players that everybody kind of likes, almost like a Deion Waiters because his attitude and he's kind of. I love it. He's he's a good great, size player. He, he he was in a perfect situation in in Indy and he played his role great and he got his reputation it's been what three three years now two three years it's kind of we can't we can't keep leaning on that and that was an unfortunate one okay so there was uh Chalmers um I know Norris Cole's running around out there and a few other guys uh, because they need a ball handler or so says LeBron James so we'll stick to her question and how do we feel about Chalmers so we'll start with that um Let's, so, uh, Mario Chalmers, that's AKA LeBron's favorite whipping boy. I, I'll never, I'll never go with the images of LeBron and Dwayne Wade taking turns yelling at Mario. No matter what, it was, the, it was, it was the funniest thing ever. And it's funny though. I think it really overshadows how good of a player he is because let's look like even when he went to Memphis, he played 55 games per 36. He averaged 17, four and six, and he didn't shoot the three great, but he's been a consistent three point shooter his whole career. He could really play, and if he didn't blow out his Achilles, I think he'd have made a lot of money this summer. Was it his Achilles or ACL? I'm forgetting exactly at this point. But he look, he's a six-one, three and D point guard who who can't probably can't lead your team, but he's the guy who can play off ball, and he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And like like him and Norris Cole were, I thought like a weird comparison were like back in the '90s when the Knicks had uh, Chris Charles and Charlie Ward, uh, kind of like those like the the two-man tandem. That like weren't real point guards on into their own, but together they just played a solid 48. And I think and I think bringing a guy like Chalmers in, who he knows LeBron's thing, he, he knows the situation, and I think he he'd go in pretty effortlessly. And they don't need him to play a ton of minutes, so it's pretty low risk. He's been one of my favorite backups. Um, when he's playing against you, you kind of hate him, but when, if you you can get him on your team, you're happy because he plays hard. Sure, he, he's not a great ball handler, but he, he can defend uh, ones and twos a little bit. He's hard-nosed. he put his nose in there. He's strong for his size. He's really about 6'2 or 6'3, I think. So, yeah, man, I I think he'd be a good fit for any team that needs a back point guard. And, um, like, the Thunder could use the heck out of Mario Chalmers. Um, I think, what else? Charlotte could use Mario Chalmers. Charlotte's, Charlotte's been really struggling this year so far. I mean, so far this 2017 has been struggling. So, yeah, he's a, he's a quality player. He's one of the players that almost any team could use. So, if they're talking about sending him to, um, what she asked me, him going to the Cavs as backup, I, like I think he gives him that jolt. Yeah, because he, he can play beside Kyrie. He can back up Kyrie. You know, he can play. Yeah, so, you know, that he, you don't lose anything defensively. Uh, yeah, that, that'd be a real good pickup for them if he's fully healed from his injury. I'm look it up while we talk about the next question, I guess. Yeah. All right. So just loading up here. Just getting a little computer real life thing fun. Sorry. I'd oh, I mind just so reading off the next you. one. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Um, this is from a man at Q got no rings. Sorry to hear that, Q. Um, he wants us to know who should Embiid invite to his Hall of Fame speech after he wins seven rings and six defensive players here. <laughs> Not seven. <laughs> well, we can, we can definitely talk about his Rookie of the Year award because he has that sewn up. Um, he should be an all-star this year. He got, I think he got snubbed. Um, well, he's definitely bringing Sam Presti. Like, like, like his name yeah. is the process. Like Sam Presti like, is, is that whole situation. Um, like, if you want multiple people... I think, like he'll 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 definitely send an an evite to uh, Rihanna. I, I think she'll be I think she'll mm-hmm. be part of that. And um, 
I don't know. Like he got sent. He, he got sent an invitation to Joel uh, to Okafor because Okafor has been so. If as good as Embiid is, he looks even better because when he's off the floor and Okafor is on, the numbers are so much so are so drastically worse that it makes him look like a god in Philly. Um, and uh, we'll say, I don't know, because he seems like. Let's just let's just use this let's just use this second Wiggins here. and Jabari maybe. Talk, well, I was gonna say let's use this second here just to talk about how awesome Embiid is. The Houston game they lost, but he chased down and and and, and it was the most one of the most beautiful blocks I've ever seen. He chased down a James Harden breakaway, came out of nowhere and put it on the glass and threw it like almost I think he threw it out of bounds. No, he, he recovered the ball and going the other way with it and I think he ended up scoring. The guy is incredible, man. So we could do a whole episode on our favorite Embiid moments. Uh, I love the way he's revitalized that. You know, the franchise is re-energized. I'm not gonna say revitalized yet. They got a long way to go, but they're. He brings that confidence, right? Because the team knows at any point he's gonna clean up defensive mistakes. He's he's probably like like of all the bigs we keep talking about, probably the most consistent rim protector and defender out of like Cat Przingis and all these guys. And then then on the other end, like given space, he's incredibly athletic, nimble, and can and hits the three. Uh, with a better percentage than any, than any of them, right? Like, uh, we were talking about the unicorns before of uh, Przingis or Miles Turner, but he fits that bill too, right? I think he's even more because of his just tremendous size and bulk. You know, uh, Chris Dapps is so skinny. Uh, you know, Turner is not quite as skinny, but he's still you know, a slimmer guy. Mbita, he's a house. You know what I'm saying? He's a house, but he moves. Yep. He's so much lighter on his feet than you would think, so... Um, yeah, he's, I think as a three-point shooter, he's going to be fine. But like I said, his last, you know, this month, last month he shot only 32% from three. But again, he's a rookie. He's, he's basically he's, this is his rookie. No, no, real quick, this I'm gonna I'm gonna rant. I'm tired of people complaining about how he's quote unquote not really a rookie. I don't care. If he's 22 he's years old, and so is Buddy Heald, and so is Chris Dunn. Well, there no. The argument is that because he spent two years basically rehabbing. He was around the NBA teams. He learned the NBA system. He got to deal with the coaches, blah, blah, blah. So blah, does blah, Steph blah. Curry. He, like, grew up in it. I mean, you know what? That's a good point. Are we going to say he that he didn't you know, even though he didn't win rookie of the year, are you going to say he was never a rookie because he grew up? Yeah, that's silly. Well, my main point is that, I mean, you can say what you want about learning and all this. He never stepped in the court and played an NBA game. Until you step on that court and play your first game, you're a rookie. Yep. You know, There's a whole lot of players who, wa- who, who watch a lot of NBA. It doesn't mean anything. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, somebody tweeted out, you know, uh, I, in my opinion. Well, your opinion and on top that's of that, that's that like, like, like even in these practices, stuff you got to go, it's not like they had all these amazing superstars who were veterans who we could just sit down and sit with Tim Duncan or sit with, you know, KG. Well, I get it, man. It's like, he, you know, he got, he got a, he was around the coaches. He got to hang out with the NBA players, and he got on an NBA diet, you know what I'm saying? He got an NBA kind of workout regimen, started getting his body right. But players, everyone says the same thing. It doesn't matter how hard you train whatever. NBA action is what it takes to get in the NBA shape. Yeah, you know, players players can stay on the sidelines and work all they want to, but they say, like, as soon as they get in that game, they run down the adrenaline pump, and it's a whole different ball game. It takes some time to get in the NBA shape. So, um, so yes, I think Jaleel, Jaleel before. I think Embiid's going to win a lot in the NBA. Uh, I think it's perfect for him because by the time he's hitting his prime, LeBron should be on his way out. Um, sorry, guys. It's true. LeBron not going to play forever. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's going to be pretty yeah. awesome when he starts hitting. All right. So we got uh, three left, about seven minutes left in the game. Um, just quick, we've answered this one a couple times, but uh, from at Nat3004, uh, who's your prediction to come out of the out of the West as the eighth seed? You want to go next? Nope. All right. I'm, uh, I'm going to say uh, I'm going to be bullish and say it's going to be the Pelicans. All right. So I think it was our boy Zach Lowe who wrote something about, um, like, on January 20th, like, teams rarely move as far as whatever they're, they're seated on the 20th. And I think January 20th, the Nuggets were holding their eighth spot. So as of right now, we got Portland and Denver basically tied for eighth. Sacramento's in uh, ninth. I mean tenth. You know they're like two and a half games back. Who'd you say? Yeah. Pelicans. 
Yeah, they're, they're three three games back, so it's definitely a possibility. I'm only um, saying them because they have the best player of all the teams we're talking about. Uh, well, Cat's right there, and their Cat's you know half a game ahead. Cat, so they have the best player, but I think Minnesota with Cat and Wiggins, you know, and Levine. Um, Dallas, you never really can count out Carlisle. He's a he's a wizard. He's they're they're you know half a game ahead. Oh, eight seed. I think the Nuggets get it, man. I think they they have enough. This my reason. My reasoning is that Jokic actually might be you know he's one of the best second yep. players. One hundred percent. He since they put since they put him in the starting lineup, they've been I think silly not the to. best offenses in the league. Um. They've been on some crazy winning, like you know, they're they're they're, they're turning their ways around. A lot of winning ways. They're six and four in their last ten. Um, and again, even if what's Jalen wants out, they have vets, to, you know, to actually know how to play and, and and imbue them with a lot of confidence. So I'm gonna go down. All right, All right. we got um, at a teach or I teach a y e teach. Um, who's gonna make more of this offseason, C.J. Miles or Andre Robertson as free agents? Uh, I'll go first. It's got to be CJ for the simple fact that while Roberson is, as you know, by a good margin, a better defender than CJ Miles. CJ Miles can score. You got to be able to shoot in this league. Shoot and make threes. Every day we see it, and uh, much as we don't want it to be true, if you don't have either like your insane finisher inside, you know, or you you have a great mid-range game, or you can shoot threes, you got to be able to do at least one of those things, and you know, at least at a at a good rate where people can't just leave you open. If you can't do those things, unless you're uh, even Tony Allen, as great as he is as a defender, they would have been better with maybe a slightly lesser yep. defender and a, a guy who could yep. score. Imagine last year, so uh, if Robertson uh, yeah. uh, could hit the three at, at, at a good clip. I don't know if we're not seeing OKC in the finals. For sure, because that's the thing. They just left them open. And sure, he made him, he burned them one game, but they stuck to their principles and said, man, we'll see if we can do it again. And he couldn't. So... Um, it's really easy to say, you know, we always keep saying, oh, well, just find someone, find a shooter. It's not that easy, but at the same time, you, you got to, I know he's working at it, he's trying, and it's good. But, yeah, you can't you can't hit at least, you know, league average from three as a, as a big guy. Then All right. And for the last one, um, at Joe underscore bets underscore. I guess you really want that name. Um, so, Paul George, PG, PG-13, is killing it. Do the Pacers continue to play well and climb to the top four, obviously, of the Eastern Conference, or stay in the bottom four? That's my man. My man, Joe Betts with a Z. He's been a um, knowledgeable fan. Good guy knows his stuff. And I think both of him, me and him were on the Pacers train earlier mm-hmm. this season. You know, I thought they would be a lot better than they were early. And yeah, they haven't really been that great. Uh, I, I definitely think, though, right now they're locked in. Uh, I think they're with the four seed right now. They're right. No, that's that. No, no, no. They're six seed. And that's fine. Once you're the six seed, um, they're, yeah, they're, they'll be matched against Toronto. And, they, you know, we know they've been an up and down uh, uh, first half uh, for Turner, though. Like, I think he I think he can get a little more consistent. And if he's consistent, in my mind, uh, they can definitely do this. Well, he's a young player, uh, right? And that young player's going I think my key is Paul George. Paul George has to be dominant. And it's funny. I think he reversed the trend. He started off kind of slow this season. And now he's been, he's been picking it they up won lately. Four in a he row. actually was going to be one of my. I was gonna, yeah, they've won, four, they've won four in a row. And I think. Um, let's see here. In their last. Four in the last know, 10. Last, well, I was going to look at the last 15 games. One, two, three, four. Like 11 and four. That's awesome. And he himself, personally, I think in his last, like, I don't know, his last five games, he's averaging almost He should be the second best player in the Eastern Conference. Well, we, we, we could say that, right? But things change. And Giannis has been awesome, and Jimmy Butler's been, yeah, been you know, on, a, yeah. on a tear. But his last five games, Paul George is averaging 27.5 points, six rebounds, almost four assists, three and a half assists. You know, he's looking a lot more like the old Paul George, and it's making a difference, you can see. I think uh, he, he has another little half level he can jump, but definitely with Jeff Jeff Teague taking a big step forward was a big deal too. So yeah, I think I think they're definitely in the mix to get that four. If their big three can be consistent between Teague, uh, Teague, Turner, and George, I think this is definitely a top four team. And I don't think it's like they've got some decent depth. Glenn Robinson the third, Brooks, Ellis, Jefferson, Stucky, Miles. We're just talking with Thad Young, my guys, uh, Seraphin. <laughs> I think. 
Well, my only pro- my, my only counter argument to that is that Washington has been on fire, and John Wall and Beal. I think even though Paul uh, Paul George is better than John Wall, I think I think that Beal is better than anybody they have, and they've they've just been Otto Porter has been a sneaky great player this season. For I them. think they've all been hot, and I don't think Indiana's been hitting their stride. So, while I agree with you right now, I think looking forward, uh, um, I could see the tides change there. All right, all right. and that was the last question from the mailbag. I want to thank you guys for for shooting us these questions. Obviously, gives us some fun stuff to talk about. Hopefully, we did it the justice, or 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 at least James did, or at least I did, or something in between. Uh, So we're going to be doing a lot more of these. So keep an eye out on the Twitterverse. We'll be shouting that out, and we'll be shouting your name. Uh, So you got any last words before we uh, 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 throw up a half court shot? No, nah, just thanks for the questions, man. But let's try. You know what? Thanks for the questions, but I don't think you guys really brought the heat. I need to see more fire from you guys. We need to see some more forward thinking, some more outside the box thinking. So let's. We'll make sure we we hit hit you guys up earlier and give you guys a chance to really come up with some doozies. You guys got. Like I'm a I'm a I'm a 1940s carnival barker because I said doozies. Well, you guys got some hot takes, trades. We'll touch anything. We'll make it happen. Hey, All right, guys. Hey, hey, phrasing. Watch yeah, it. I know that was a little bad. Alright, from James myself, I want to say thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Wait Team Podcast on Press Pass. Alright, gotta change his name. <laughs> <laughs> we were doing so well! <laughs>